thought you were over him. He was my first crush. But I thought you were madly in love with Tuxedo Mask. <laughs> Would you dial it down, okay? You can't blame her. The only guy who's got the hots for her is the school dweebmeister Melvin the Cerebellum. Moon Podcast Escalation! My name is Jordan D. White. My name is Chris Sims, and this is Sailor Business. It's the podcast where we and a friend watch every episode of the classic 1992 Sailor Moon anime to break it down and talk about why it is that we love this show so much. And we have, I'm going to go ahead and say, a top five episode today. (laughs) Wow. Top five all time. This one well, is... You know, I, can I tell you a secret? That's kind of yes. like you saying it's not very good, because usually you say every episode's your favorite episode. Okay. <laughs> like, I'm trying... Like, I say every scout's my favorite. I say, like, episode-wise, this one is so fun, so great. It it, it will... If you are if you are feeling down, this episode will cheer you right up. That's true. And to talk about it... Oh, I guess I should say... What, what is the title? It's uh, it's Total Chaos, The Messy Love Rectangle. A.K.A. Uh, too Many Girlfriends. Both, both solid titles. <laughs> and to talk about it with us, we have a very, very good friend of mine, someone that I've known for a long time. Uh, Katie Donnelly is here. Katie... Welcome to the show. Thanks. Now, Katie, you are uh, a a cartoonist. You are an artist. I am. You have a new collection of your mini comics that is uh, out just in time for con season. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what's the what's the title of the collection? It's the Katie Monster Omnibus. And that, that collects, uh, there's a new story in that too, if everybody has your, your previous mini comics. It's not a new story. I did a... Um, okay, sorry. No, it's not a, it's, am I allowed to say words on this? <laughs> Yes. Like yes, swear words? Swear. Yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> No, because it's a it's a, a Christmas version of my arithmetic book. <laughs> oh, I thought you had a like I thought the I thought the other story was new. Like there was one in there that I don't have. Uh the Christmas arithmetic was never in print. So it's like another full mini, but I just never printed it because it was Christmas themed. And then I have a couple of like little two pagers that I did a while back and just put on Tumblr. But yeah, it's not like a new new story. Well, uh, that's I- coming later. If you are uh, heading to any conventions in the Southeast, definitely keep an eye out for Katie. I can pick up the Katie Monster Omnibus because P-Boat is a fantastic story. <laughs> and if you enjoy this story, th- this show, you will enjoy P-Boat as well, uh, which is a story of the lady with the prettiest butt of all time. <laughs> uh, so Katie, what is your history with Sailor Moon? So Sailor Moon is basically the reason I am what I am today. We get that like- a lot. <laughs> hands down like it's the reason I started drawing and also it's the reason I have a career in computing really yeah wow, yeah now did you think you would get like a cool blue visor that would just show up whenever <laughs> you needed it um no I was kind of just so I got really into Sailor Moon when I was in like sixth grade and that was when I was still using my parents computer in like a shared office and I filled up all this is how long ago this was 
four gigs of their hard drive with Sailor Moon pictures. And they were like, no, this has to stop. And so they got me my own computer. That's awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the thing. That, that is definitely a common thing as well. So much of Sailor Moon fandom was like, it, 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 some of my, my earliest uh, internet things were was going on and looking for Sailor Moon stuff because Sailor Moon was, you know, from across the world and you could get all this secret information, quote unquote, secret information that the show <laughs> didn't tell you by digging yeah. around online. They're not cousins. <laughs> They're right. But also, like, most of the times I broke my computer, and that was a lot, and that is why I'm really good at troubleshooting today, was because I was trying to do something Sailor Moon related, like install a TV tuner so I could watch it on my computer, or do those stupid custom cursors with, like, the kaleidoscope moon rod that just totally tanked my computer. So did you have a, uh, did you have a favorite scout? Yes. My favorite scout is Jupiter. Jupiter's oh, a good one. Yeah. Jupiter's, Jupiter's a really good one. One in the top she, five. <laughs> she's my most recent favorite. <laughs> um, Jupiter's great. Jupiter's terrific. Uh, as long as you don't say Mars, you're fine. Look, look, Mars can be your favorite. I'm just Mar- kidding. It's fine if Mars is your favorite. We've had a lot of guests who Mars is their favorite. I know. Now, Katie, you, you have also drawn uh, the Scouts quite a bit. Uh, I, know you've done, I know you've done the Scouts at conventions. Uh, I know you've also just drawn them for fun because uh, I am the kind of person where when my friends draw Sailor Moon, they will send them to me. <laughs> that means you've made good choices in life. It does. It does. I am, I am surrounded by, by people who will draw Sailor Moon. <laughs> I never, right. I never finished putting all my drawings of Sailor Moon up on my Tumblr. I should do that again sometime. You all did put, uh, you had some very unkind words for uh, Chibi uh, for oh, Rini. Oh yeah, I put between since the last episode, I put up a, a screenshot because I still have on my computer. It's not on the internet anymore, but on my computer, I still have my old Sailor Moon website, uh, <laughs> and it, it has the Rini hate shrine, and it's super embarrassingly dumb. But I did put that up on my Tumblr, so you can. Yeah, check I that. I went and, and looked at it. I looked at the screenshot, and I'm like that this does not sound like Jordan. <laughs> this, this is not the Jordan I know. <laughs> it was pretty ridiculous. It was pretty this, ridiculous. This Jordan is using a lot of language to describe a child. A child. So I, a, a tiny child. But I, again, I was just too attached to Usagi to, or to or Serena at the time to, to allow her to not go yelled at. So wait, do you still hate Chibiusa? Like it's, it's still in there, but not nearly as much. <laughs> I mean, yes. When okay. we when we get to those episodes and she's being mean to to Usagi slash Serena, just the way I'm I'm still mad at at Ray when she's mean to at her, mean to her, I will still be like, oh, what a jerk, and I'll be mad at her. By the time I finished the whole series originally, all the way to the two hundredth episode, by then you like her. By then you're like, yeah, you know, she's nice. They made up. She's her daughter. <laughs> So my thing was like, I hated her when I was younger, mm-hmm. but I also have a little sister. <clears throat> oh, okay. So she was like every horrible little sister trope that you can possibly have. And I was like, oh my God, she's the worst. Why does anybody need a little sister? This is terrible. (laughs) And then watching it as an adult, I'm just like, oh, she's a little kid that has gone back in time and is scared out of her mind. So maybe give her a break. Yeah. So I have like no hard feelings for her anymore. You really need to keep in mind people's situations <laughs> in this show. Like, you kind of do. It is like like uh, it was pointed out to us. I, I think by uh, Karen uh, Karen Healy that you know Memoru isn't a terrible person. He's just weirdly attracted to this fourteen year old girl and doesn't know why and is trying to push her away. Which Ray has no friends. <laughs> And that I well with the the fourteen year old thing of course does come up in this episode which I look forward to talking about. Oh, it does, and it's 
hilarious. <laughs> it's my favorite part of the episode. Um, no, I should say, uh, it was, it, someone actually pointed out that we don't usually talk about the new dub, uh, even though I watch the new dub. I have the, the new DVDs and Blu-rays, which, by the way, those those Blu-rays are kind of a ripoff. I'm not going to lie. They do not look <laughs> that great. Uh, but the voices in the new dub are really, really growing on me. And I say they're growing on me because I didn't initially like Luna, and that's about it. Like, Luna has kind of grown on me. Everyone else is, is pretty top-notch. Uh, Jupiter, especially, uh, in this episode, like, it, it, this is definitely a chance for Sailor Jupiter to shine in every way. And the uh, American voice actress for the new uh, Viz Media dub is really, really great in this episode and in the next one as well. Uh, so I just wanted to point that out since it was since we were asked to talk a little bit about the the new dub that is available on the DVDs. I can highly recommend it. Yeah, I I, I still haven't. I, I watched like one or two episodes of the new dub, but I well, first of all, I didn't buy the DVDs yet, but or the well, it's no longer the, the dub is no longer on Hulu either. I know. Yeah, so I can't anymore. Um, but also, I just I love the old voices so much. I don't think I could ever really get used to them. I mean, every single one of them, you know, and Andrew and his like overly Canadian accent, uh, uh, Jupiter's like uh, <laughs> Jupiter's snowy from Tintin voice. Um, <laughs> all of the voices are just so great in the old one. I, I, I can't imagine myself falling in love with another set of voices. Although that's ridiculous because, again, in the old one, there's three different Serenas, and I'm fine with that. I get over it. So I'm probably wrong, but whatever. (laughs) The one thing that really surprises me is that in the uh, 92 dub, you know, they made everybody really distinct. They gave everybody accents. You know, um, Molly has her her Brooklyn accent. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, Melvin has his nerd voice. Chad has his like weird <laughs> yeah, surfer voice. Surfer dude voice, which you know fits because you know, he he's got the weird mullet and he he looks like kind of a it looks like kind of a surfer dude, right? Mm-hmm. In the new dub, it's like it's uh, Umino who has the weird surfer voice, and uh, Yuichiro, who is Chad, uh, who will be spotlighted in next week's episode. Just like regular, plain, no accent voice, and it like that kind of bothered me a little bit. That is because weird. you expect that guy to have a more distinctive voice just by looking at him. Yeah. But now we have officially had a subs versus dubs conversation, so that's exciting. That's that's the level we've fallen to. Katie, do you have a preference? Level. Um, so I really, really love the old dub voices. Yeah, me too. Like even yesterday I was watching the sub and like, I still kind of hear them all mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in the old dub voices, especially Luna. Cause she always <laughs> sounds so young now and she doesn't sound like a cranky old British lady and <laughs> just not right. Yeah. I think, I think we can all agree that cranky old British Luna is definitely a, it, that is a preference we all have. I think. Agreed. All right. So let's, let's dive into this episode. This yeah. is uh what, this is a uh, 20. Episode 29. Total Chaos, The Messy Love Rectangle. Too many girlfriends. Folks, our heroine is Yusagi Tsukino. She is uh, 14 years old. She's a cancer. Her blood type is O. And she's secretly the uh, pretty guardian, Sailor Moon, who fights for love and justice. Now, she is currently looking for the rainbow crystals because there are seven rainbow crystals that will make up the legendary silver crystal. And there are three factions hunting for them. You have the Sailor Scouts led by Sailor Moon. You have uh, Tuxedo Mask, who's off doing his own thing. And of course, you have the Dark Kingdom, a.k.a. the Negaverse, a.k.a. Uh, the, the business plans. The evil uh, office. The evil office trying to hunt down. Uh, oh, no, I guess it would be the office a Negaverse works workplace. <laughs> Isn't that what it is? 
So fortunately for Sailor Moon, there are now four Sailor Scouts. We have Sailor Mars, who is uh, the hot-headed psychic, Rei Hino. We have Sailor Mercury, the kind-hearted girl genius, Ami Mizuno. And we have Sailor Jupiter, the super awesome, super tough, uh, six-foot-twenty badass, uh, Makoto Kino, who throws lightning and does pro wrestling moves and uh, knows Kung Fu. So is kind of default the best. Yeah, well, I would disagree on that. But, uh, you know, the fact that they've got the four, ha 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 ha, all of a sudden all the girls laugh because it's going to be easy to get things done now. But can I tell you something, Chris? By jumping to that part, you've actually skipped one of the most ridiculous and awesome parts of the show, which is in the preview of the episode. I didn't watch the preview for this one. You didn't watch the preview? Sailor Moon says, and I quote, anyone who gets in the way of love deserves to be stomped into the ground by a horse. What? I did watch that last night. What? You say it's not your fault? I don't care. (laughs) True story. I watched that uh, last night uh, and I was watching it with my girlfriend and I started laughing. (laughs) Like that is such a specific threat. (laughs) So wonderful. If you stand in the way of love, you deserve to be stomped to the ground by a horse. Um, I guess because love is like riding horses. Well, you know, when you fall off that horse, you just have to get back on. (laughs) Stomp someone in the ground for for staying away. Katie, thoughts on on being stomped by a horse? Well, all I can think of is that she's... This is going to sound so mean, (laughs) but... (laughs) All I can think of is that she is referring to Makoto. Oh, no! She's the horse? Because she's, like, big and tough, and she'll, like, literally stomp you into the ground. Um, but she's not a horse. But I don't know. That's all I can think of. So you think, she, you, you think she's referring to Makoto as a hoss? <laughs> I, I think I'm going to go with with the idea that metaphorically being in love is like riding in a horse. And if you stand in the way of it, the horse of love will trample you. I think I think she's being 100 percent literal. There's actually like, I, do not, I, I do not think Yusagi dabbles in metaphor. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> like all, everything we know about what, what do we know about Yusagi that leads you to believe she would construct a complex metaphor? Good point. If she says she wants you stomped into the ground by a horse. <laughs> she is just thinking about things she would like to do. And she doesn't care if it's not your fault. That's the other part that gets me is that she's like, hmm, I'm sorry, you're trying to defend yourself? I don't care. Horse will stomp you. So uh, we open in uh, a rainstorm. And I should say the animation in this episode is amazing. It's, it's another one where everything is really uh, cartoony mm-hmm. in a really fun way. There's a lot of shots of kind of exaggerated faces. There's a lot of chibi uh, scouts showing up. Uh, it's really, really delightful. It is raining, but the forecast said there was only a 10% chance of rain, which has cheesed off Makoto Kino to no end, because she does not have her umbrella. Uh, So she is uh, running through the rain using her uh, school bag to shield herself from the rain, and she runs straight into someone, uh, plows right into him, and then uh, starts yelling at him. And when he says sorry, she says, if sorry solved everything, we wouldn't need the police. Everyone is really harsh in this episode. Uh, it's true. It's true. This like, is a snarky you got, episode. You have people who don't care if it's your fault, who want you to get trampled by a horse. You have people, you know, rejecting apologies. Uh, but as she is yelling, uh, she realizes that that voice is the voice of an angel. <gasps> It's the voice of Motoki, a.k.a. Andrew, uh, who works at the Game Center. (laughs) The beautiful, perfect man. Okay, enough of your crush on Andrew. (laughs) 
He's so kind. He's well. He's he's actually kinder in the American version of this show than he is of uh, of this episode than he is in the Japanese one. But we'll get to that, I guess. Uh, because he, now his voice uh, is the voice also of Jupiter's uh, former lover who broke her heart. He sounds exactly the, like him. The Frankenstein who was assembled <laughs> from parts of every boy. <laughs> but his voice box was Matoki's. So, of course, Jupiter is immediately uh, in love with him. Makoto is immediately in love with him. Uh, you know, doe-eyed, uh, doe looking up at him, having fantasies about swirling around with him and things. And he has to snap her out of it and say, oh, you know, you're soaking wet. I'll walk you home. Uh, I'll bring you home with my umbrella. So they walk along. But then the... Uh, oh, and they're talking about... <laughs> so, so they're talking about how he, she's a really good cook. This is the part that I don't understand. <laughs> this is really weird. Because... Okay. Best case scenario, Motoki is a high schooler with an after-school job, right? Nope. No, he's truth. Darian's age. Yeah, he's yeah, with well, Darian. Well, well it, he's Dar- Yeah, but he's, he's not with. Dar- oh, is he like with Darian? <laughs> okay, look, there is some clues to that later on in the episode. <laughs> oh man, uh, I'm shipping that real hard right now. But like in the manga, right? Like in the manga, they're high school. school. In this, is a college. In the anime, he's like 46. No. <laughs> they're college age. So they're probably okay. 19, 20. I yeah. mean, 18 at, a, at youngest. He's an adult. Yeah. And he, like, the way that it, it, it's played out in the subtitles. I don't know how, how it is in the uh, original American version. The subtitles are great. He's just like, he's like, oh, so so you're a good cook. And she's like, yeah, I am a really good cook. He's like, oh, you should make me something. You should make me, you know, you should make me dinner. <laughs> and it's like, and I don't know if, like, because I don't speak the language, I don't know the tone. And because the the new dub doesn't like really like just kind of like glosses over that like i can't tell if he's like just kind of making small talk like oh yeah i'd like well, to try i'll tell your food you what the, the food sometime part maybe but the because fa- because i can actually see that somebody's a great cook you go oh i'd love to taste your, your cooking and so you might not say it you should cook for me but whatever he said it that way and that's fine to me it's even weirder when she goes and i can clean your place and he goes great that's awesome come on over <laughs> yeah like i mean i like i get that like like it makes sense to me because makoto's 14 that she'd be like yeah i'll cook for you i'll clean your house whatever like, i have a crush let's 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 do this but then he goes like oh you should make me dinner oh yeah clean my place that's awesome <laughs> like in the that's what one of the reasons in the american version he doesn't it's he's not even remotely this presumptuous he he's she's going i'll cook you dinner sometime and he's like or he, he she he, or he maybe he's like i've heard you're a really good cook and she's like yeah and he's like i'm not a very good cook and she goes oh my god i'll give you cooking lessons write down your address and i'll be over your house later um so it's her like pushing all these things on him and him just being pleasant canadian andrew who can't say no to things like this which, which version did you watch, uh, Katie? Oh, I watched the sub last night. So it was very presumptuous. Yeah. Isn't that, I mean, wasn't it when he said, yeah, great, you can clean my house. I was like, what? Yeah. Well, and I was willing to give him the benefit of the doubt up to that point because I don't know, because you find out later in the episode, he sees her as like a little sister yeah. and it seems encouraging. Like, oh, you have this hobby. Let me encourage you in doing it. Um, and then nobody has cleaning a house as a hobby. That's that's no one. <laughs> so it's so it's super weird. Um, and and the weirdest thing about it is that she gives him a piece of paper and says to write down his uh, address and phone number. Uh, yep. And then she takes the paper and goes, "Oh, I see your favorite is Hayashi rice." Oh no! So he, he wrote down his address, phone number, and favorite food. No, that's what she said. Did she not say oh, that? Did in the she dub? say to write that down? Yeah, oh, she says write down your favorite foods as well so that she can she can look up what she can cook for him. Okay. I thought I thought he was just like, yeah, he was my address phone number and this is what I would like. <laughs> this Thank is you. what I'd like. <laughs> <laughs> 
my uh, separate my 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 colors and and uh, whites, and uh, there's a washing machine around the corner. Now, uh, I don't think we have had in the past. We've had uh, people who have a a very uh, in depth knowledge of Japanese culture. Um, Katie, do you have a a, a knowledge of Japanese culture? Uh, it's okay. Okay. I, the reason I ask, not to put you on the spot, I just had to look up what Hayashi rice was. Oh yeah, I meant to do that and I, I didn't. Uh, and it's basically like it's basically beef stew. Okay. It is a uh, it is a Western inspired uh, dish uh, that was thought to have been created by a a French miner uh, who came to Japan. And it is described in a recipe that I looked up as it's 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 basically the Japanese equivalent of like mac and cheese for American kids. Like it would be a uh, you know it would be a, a like a, a thing that kids like a lot. But that you can also kind of dress up and make fancy. Okay. Interesting. I don't think I've ever had it oh, or like definitely. heard of it. No, but that sounds yeah, pretty I mean, good. <laughs> I would. I would love to have. There, there's a recipe uh, here on uh, that I found where I was reading about it, and I would really like to try. It, it involves red wine. It involves a uh, mm. like a a, a uh, demi glace. So how did they get the ingredients? Look, it's cooking. Oh, wine. you can. I know. Like kids can buy booze for their parents over there. No one oh, cares. Wow. Okay. There you go. <laughs> So uh, if anyone wants <laughs> so to just... make us, if, if anyone wants to make us Hayashi rice and uh, also clean my apartment, uh, just <laughs> write down your address, Chris. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so that's his favorite. That's his favorite food. Um, so so she uh, runs off excited about this. Little does she realize, uh, just around the corner is Matoki's girlfriend. She oh, is a sweet. scientist. Her name is uh, Reiko. Uh, Reiko, yeah. Uh, she's a scientist uh, in the. <laughs> In the Japanese version, they mention that she is studying the origins of life. Uh, she's studying where where life originated on Earth, uh, which is why she wants to travel to Africa. Um, in the American dub, she's a, she's a, she's studying bugs. She's a what is it? Entomologist. Entomologist. Okay. Yes, she's going to Africa to study bugs. It's a super weird change to make. And in, in addition, in in a few moments when 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 they're at the cafe and they're talking about her, uh, they they have this conversation in the English one where she, where Andrew goes, uh, "I'll go to Africa with her." She's going to be going to Africa. I'll go to Africa with her. And he and Darian's like, "She's going to study bugs. You hate bugs." And he's like, I'll learn to like bugs for her. It's really weird that they just stuck that in there. So uh, we see Rika and she is, just in case we don't get that she is a scientist, uh, she is uh, wearing a lab coat. Mm -hmm. Uh, What I think is interesting is that she has the same hair as uh, Makoto. Well. Well, very similar hair, I should say. She's got the, you know, kind of uh, brown wavy ponytail. Uh, She wears it down instead of up. Ponytail? I thought it was down. Well, it's, it's, it's. Like it's 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 tied up, I guess. Uh, you know what? I think later when she comes out not wearing her her uh, lab coat, she might have it hit down completely. Oh yeah, okay. I think, okay. I think that she, might now be. she does not have a hot pink undercut though, which is a useful thing to remember for later in the episode. <laughs> okay, good uh, to know. She razzes uh, she razzes Matoki a little bit and says like, "Oh, that must be your new girlfriend that uh, Memoru was telling me about," which means that Memoru is going to Matoki's girlfriend and being like, "Yeah, he's hanging out with all these girls." That go to the arcade like, no he's probably making fun of serena he's probably going there's this total pathetic loser who's pining over matoki all the time and he's so nice to her and does this total pile of trash <laughs> yeah, and all exactly. trash friends <laughs> no her uh, friends aren't trash just her in fact you know one of them is worth dating apparently <laughs> 
So uh, they're they're talking and uh, they're about to have a really emotional moment, mm-hmm. and then Mamoru just rolls up in his uh, in his purple pleated pants and his green jacket. Yeah, uh, he, this is his stock uniform. Yeah, he get you know he gives uh, uh, Reka a chance to leave, and she's like, "Hey, go have uh, go have some tea with your friend," <laughs> which it's like that's kind of weird, right? Like, no, like, okay, oh, hey, I gotta go. Go have some tea. With your no, friend. because because she's breaking a date because because that's the thing. Her wearing oh, the lab coat. And uh, Matoki goes, oh, I guess if you're wearing your coat, that means we're not going out like we're supposed to. And so, so you know, that's sad. And so poor Matoki's like, oh, I'm lonely. And she's like, he's just going to mope. Darian, keep him company. And so they go to... Go cry on... Oh, please. Oh, I was saying he can go cry on the shoulder of his handsome friend. <laughs> oh, man. And then, like, they get into a conversation and um, Matoki's like, oh, yeah, she's, you know, she's thinking about going to Africa to, to study with a professor overseas. And, uh, and Mamoru, and it's great in the, in the new dub because he goes he goes i don't care about her what do you want wow I'm like oh boy <laughs> like we have we have thought for quite some time there's a lot of there's a lot of uh memory uh <laughs> And, and specifically Darian and Andrew subtext. Yes. Uh, especially with uh, with uh, Leanne that we talked about whether, you the know, whether she intends to yeah. put that in the novels or not. Like, that Andrew's the only person with the key to <laughs> to Memory's apartment, to Darian's apartment, and Darian's a former male model who, and uh, and Motoki protects him. Or, or no, uh, I, I guess uh, uh, Darian protects Andrew from getting beat up by punks. <laughs> like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of subtext there. And this little, this little date uh, that they have at the, at, at Cafe Noel. Yeah, Christmas Cafe. Is, what is up with that? Uh, it's amazing. I would go there every day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. You would, of course. It is delightful. <laughs> That uh, like these these two just the poses that they're in like it's fantastic. Um, <laughs> so so this conversation is great um, because yeah they're talking about whether or not she's gonna go to Africa for this this uh, she got a promotion it means she's gonna get to go study with the professor that she or with the, with this important who whatever in Africa for a long time so obviously this is distressing to poor Matoki. Um, it's totally crazy because yeah Memorial just starts talking about the other girls like well okay, she'll go away and. And then there's these two other girls who have a crush on you. So you may end up, you know, dating them or something. And he's like, no, (laughs) they're young girls. What are you talking about? They're in middle school. I would never date them. That's crazy. (laughs) And and Mamoru's like, oh, right. I'm dating one of them. (laughs) Yeah. Like Ray literally pops up in a thought bubble and goes, hi, it's me, Ray. (laughs) Like... And again, this like the the new dub in this part is like so good because Motoki is just like like what? No, I'm not gonna date a middle schooler. <laughs> what like, kind of creep would do that? Yeah, he's like like he is so incredulous at the very idea of it. So wait, does he not know about <laughs> Mamoru and Rei? I guess I not. guess not. <laughs> I guess, like, I, maybe he doesn't know Ray is in middle school. Maybe, maybe. I mean, I, I guess that's, like, that's kind of the only like, the only way you can get around that. Uh, again, another part that's, that, you know, they changed that where, I don't even remember how the topic of Ray comes up, but they're talking about Ray, and it's the other way around. Uh, uh, Memor- uh, Darian, I mean, is going, oh, me and me and Ray, yeah, like, we're just pals. There's nothing going on there. What, you know, the, the, the two of us who walk down the street arm in arm with her, like, resting her head on my shoulder, there's nothing going on there and then uh, Andrew's like I don't know uh, Ray tells me that you go to karate together and then the Ray picture pops up and she goes I beat him all three times <laughs> it was like what that's pretty great <laughs> 
so weird. The worst part of uh, of this conversation is when Matoki's like, "Oh, by the way, do you like Hayashi rice?" <laughs> right. <laughs> he goes, uh, and he goes, well, "No." <laughs> well, in the in the subs, he goes, "No, not really." And in the in the dub, he goes, "Yeah, I guess." <laughs> Which I think what? is a, like it's a weird change. But if if Hayashi rice is like a thing that is kind of as ubiquitous as uh, mac and cheese, like I I feel like that's a better choice for him to go like, yeah. Like, Okay, okay. Um, but like that, that Motoki is like, so he's like, oh yeah, Makoto's gonna come over and make some for me. Why don't you come over? I'm sure it will be no trouble for her to double the recipe. Well, it's like, come on, dude. So wait, so wait. A question about you watching? Are you watching the the sub? Are you watching the dub with the sub on? I I watch the uh, I watch the dub to prepare for the show, and then sure. I watch it with the subtitles while we record. Oh, okay, right, 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 right. okay. Just to make sure that I'm keeping up with everything. That makes sense. You keep us yes. on track. Yeah. Oh, another thing that's important to note uh, between the American uh, original American version. Uh, so you'll notice what we haven't seen so far this episode: anything supernatural uh, or Sailor Moonish at all. <laughs> yes, this is a this is a wonderful middle school drama that we've been watching, and I love it. Uh, we're actually not going to see the the Negamoon Kingdom until halfway through the show. But in the American version, they, that was not enough for them, so they put the the, the first scene of the Nega of the Negamoon uh, before this cafe scene. Now I'm I'm curious about how that goes because that is a very really heavy zoocyte malachite scene right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Zo- yeah. zoocyte kunzite scene um which i guess again when they changed uh when once they made uh, her zoocyte. a woman it, it doesn't ma- once they make him a woman it doesn't matter they're fine with it it's yeah it's, i guess you can, you can be as romantic as you want yeah, on exactly. uh, american children's television it's almost exactly the same uh because yeah in well we'll get to that scene in a minute but it's almost exactly the same it's just right after uh, uh the the girlfriend runs off and says you guys go have have lunch then it cuts to them looking at her and going oh so she's the one with chris um, which in the Japanese we still haven't gotten to yet. It's not for even another couple of minutes. Yeah, it's it's a it's a long time. Like it's this is mainly just a middle school slash college dating drama. I mean, I checked. Point. It's literally halfway into the episode. You you do like a whole fifteen minutes, you know, with commercials and everything. Like you, the whole like half the episode and before they even show up. And there's not and it's not like there's anything. The only thing that makes this anything but a but a high school drama is a talking cat. <laughs> So the next morning, uh, Makoto shows up at uh, Matoki's apartment, and uh, he lets her in, and she sees that he is, you know, he's a college dude with a very serious after-school job uh, at the arcade, <laughs> to which he wears a three-piece suit occasionally. <laughs> which, by the way, Motoki not a t-shirts dude. No. Motoki is always, like, slacks, belt, collared shirt. Uh, he, he is he is business casual all the time. Do they have t-shirts in I Sailor like, Moon World? I mean, uh, uh, Mamoru wears a t-shirt un- under his blazer. I think that's a you think that's a t-shirt. I think that's a, a full length shirt. Anyway, what, what were you saying, Katie? I always imagine that Motoki's clothes are hand me downs from Mamoru. <laughs> Because, like, being a model, I think you get a lot of clothes. And oh, so sure. I always just imagine that he was like, oh, this one's not my fave. You can have it, bud. That one, that actually makes a lot of sense because they are kind of the same clothes. <laughs> and they are kind of the same person. <laughs> like, like, yeah, you're, you're my size. So they share clothes, too. My goodness. Yeah, they do. So, uh, this is like my favorite new theory. I never thought about this until today, which is baffling. <laughs> but now I'm like, yes. And I keep noticing... 
that Motoki's hair is very similar to what a gender swapped Usagi would be. He really is. So <laughs> it's all it's all coming together on this one. Man, like he has a type. Mamoru has a type. What can we say? Yeah, and Ray's yes, not it. it he should dump her. I know. Now the weird thing about this to me is that uh, this is not like a a a Saturday or Sunday morning. This is yeah. a school day. School day where Makoto has gotten up early to come clean his apartment. Uh, well, was that her plan? Was that her? Because she because she's pretty shocked at how dirty it is. Was she there to clean or do you think she was going to be like, I'm going to make you breakfast? But even, no, even no, no. that is super she, weird. So I think she comes over to clean and she doesn't think it's going to take more than a half hour. But then she has to put on her, uh, her headband. <laughs> I wonder what it says. Which... Well, according to the subtitles on the DVD, oh. it says Kamikaze. Nice. <laughs> she is the divine wind uh, coming through and cleaning his apartment. And, uh, well, she sees a picture of, of Matsuki and uh, Reiko. And so she kind of realizes that he has a girlfriend. And so when she gets to school, she's all bummed out. So she's sitting outside, leaning up against a tree. Usagi rolls around the tree and she's like, hey, why are you so down? Somebody break your heart again. <laughs> Which is such a mean thing to say. Like, even, like, and then, I get it, like, because Makoto is always talking about the boy who broke her heart. Uh, like, I, her response is even better, though. Yeah, her response is the best thing in the world. She and gives her, she makes. Yeah, she gives her the evilest face in the world and goes, I hate it when you guess right the first time. <laughs> oh, it's even better in the dub. What? What do they say in the dub? In the dub, Usagi's like, what happened? Somebody break your heart again? And... <laughs> Makoto goes, pick the wrong day to mess with me. Whoa. <laughs> it's like, oh, shit. That's the horse. coming <laughs> out. Okay, wait, let me let me just step back for one second to the moment where Makoto learns that uh, Motoki has a boy, uh, girlfriend, I mean, sorry. <laughs> Um, here's what here's what I would like to point out about that. He's embarrassed by this, which means yeah, because yeah, like because he's taking advantage of her, I and mean, he knows it, right? Yeah. Isn't that what that means? Like that means he realizes, oh, she's figured out that I have a girlfriend. Now I feel bad for making her clean my house because of her crush, right? Mm-hmm. So he's a scumbag. There you go. How do you right. how do you deal with that, Chris? Listen, I'm <laughs> sure he just didn't realize it. No, that's what I'm saying. The like, question is. What's worse? Is it actually being into 14-year-old girls and dating them? Or is it pretending to be into them so that they will clean your house? I think that Motoki is just reacting to the heartbreak that he's seeing. I think he's just like, uh, he did not realize that uh, Makoto was that crushing on him, that, that she would be so upset by uh, finding out that he he had a girlfriend. I think that's what has embarrassed him. Oh, and I don't think- Give him the benefit of the doubt. I don't think he's embarrassed at all about getting this <laughs> school child to come over and clean his house. Well, he's not, not embarrassed enough to stop her from cooking later in the episode. Yeah. <laughs> Well, he's not embarrassed enough to stop you from cleaning right then. That's true. So he's just like, well, let me get him up. I'll help. <laughs> no, see, because then he starts helping. So that's him. He feels bad. Um, and let's not let's not also not gloss over the the awesome heartbreak effect of uh, like <laughs> her flat on her back spinning on a weird spiral screen of devastation. They do that twice, once for her and once for Yusagi in a moment, and it's so great. It's such a wonderful little thing. I would honestly love to know, um, I really want to know who directed this episode, because it's it's one of the most visually engaging and like just purely enjoyable episodes that we've seen. So, I never actually considered that there were different directors or teams working on these episodes until I started listening to you guys. So that has, like, blown my mind. It's Harume Kosaka. 
who has done a bunch of the episodes we've seen. He's done the... He did the Losing Weight episode. He did the Clocks episode. He did the End of Jedi. Ooh, that was a bad one. <laughs> <laughs> he did the weird French doll Shingo one. He did some weird episodes. Wish Upon a Shooting Star, Naru's Pure Love, Total Chaos, The Messy Square Relationship, and, and that's all the ones we've seen so far. Oh, but he also... The next one he did is the uh, Silver Crystal episode, which is pretty amazing. Very random. Yeah, like, it, it, it's not what I was, <clears throat> would have expected. Because, like, like I've said before, you can... You can tell certain episodes have at least like maybe not the same director but you know the same team working on them just by the way that they draw the reactions like there is a team that does really really cartoony reactions for all the uh for all the 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 girls and there's another team that gives luna gigantic ears (laughs) like there are there are different kind of styles going on here and this one's again very very cartoony and and really enjoyable so at school uh makoto reveals that she has been crushed by uh, Motoki and Usagi bursts into tears uh, because she likes Motoki and Makoto and, had no idea yeah. she's shocked by this revelation Well, and, and Makoto goes goes. I thought you liked Tuxedo Mask and Usagi goes I like them both <laughs> they're and, all mine they're all all mine <laughs> And she says you have to pick one. Yeah, like they're they're both being like, and Luna Luna pulls an amazing face because they are both being ridiculous <laughs> at this point. And Luna's just like, oh my god, you need to stop, like both of you. Uh, I have to say though, this is a totally authentic fourteen-year-old girl conversation. Mm-hmm. Like I guarantee you, I had this exact conversation several times when I was younger. What was it about the the guy who ran the arcade? I think it was probably about which of the Hanson brothers I was really into, but. <laughs> But but did you have this next twist where he he stops crying and goes, wait, if if Matoki broke her heart, it's because he he has a girlfriend and that girlfriend is me. She goes, no, it's not you. It's well, a- and there's a there's a really great shot of because like Isagi is talking about herself and there's a heart that appears behind her and she is in the heart and she turns around and winks and it's a very <laughs> like and the Usagi in the heart is very like you know normal Usagi that we we usually see like she's you know correctly proportioned and the Usagi in the real world is like all weird and <laughs> yes. Like, and very, very, very cartoony. So, like, it's these two... Com- like, I love the the contrast of Yusagi and Yusagi's image of herself. Well, but that's something that they did really well in this episode specifically, because even at the beginning, when Makoto's in the rain and she runs into Motoki, she's, like, this, like, vicious cartoony monster, and then she sees him and she's all star eyes and flower petals and stuff. Like, it contrasts them really well between the, like, romantic girls and the actual girls. Yeah, it's it's really, really great. Uh, so... Uh, one, one last thing from this uh, scene in, uh, in the English version. Luna goes... Well, of course, of course she's upset, referring to Serena. Like, she goes, of course she's upset. The only person who's got a crush on her is the school dweebmeister, Melvin the Cerebellum. <laughs> <laughs> Luna says that? Luna says that. So, yes. The only person who has a crush on her is the school dweebmeister, Melvin the Cerebellum. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I, I, I was sitting there imagining... This like actual British woman being said to say this and being like, really? All right. Okay, first of all, I like, <laughs> go ahead, Katie. I like to imagine that Luna's just from a different time and she thinks that's his full title. <laughs> school Dweebmeister, eh? All right. Officially School Dweebmeister. You know, because no one... she has all, doesn't she have all of her Silver Millennium memories? Uh, no, because she would know that she was the Moon Princess. She, it's, yeah, it, sure. Again, it's totally unclear who remembers what and what in what capacity. Yeah. 
Luna knows more than them, but how much, I don't know. No one would ever call him Melvin the Cerebellum. No, that, is, <laughs> that is the part that I have the biggest problem with so in stupid. that entire exchange. Uh, <laughs> Maybe he called himself that one time. So, that it was Makoto, a uh, Makoto reveals that it is not Usagi. It is a completely different girl named Rika uh, that he is in love with. And and Usagi gets momentarily crushed. And then Makoto like grabs her by the shoulder and says, Don't worry, we can still win this. We just need to go on the attack. And there's a weird, like, and they spin around and they get this weird stage spotlight. Yeah. And it's like, you know, we're the Sailor Guardians. And without us, there's no tomorrow. So Wait, what so- did you see? Now, I, I I thought they said for Sailor Guardians, there's no tomorrow, which I was like, that's a bad thing. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, they say without us, there's no tomorrow. And then Luna All says, right. uh, why do I get the feeling that there's no tomorrow anyway? Okay. okay. <laughs> like these children are going to cause the end of the world. They're so ridiculous. Oh no, wait, in the, in the subtitles, it does say uh, for Pretty Guardians, there's no tomorrow. Yeah, you're, that's, you're right. what I, that's what I saw. And I was like, that is, so you are dying. I mean, I guess what they were going for was we have to go for it like there's no tomorrow. We They're living to, in the moment. Right. We need to live for today and and, and take this boy from his girlfriend. Um, but that's a weird way to say it. They're, they're, they're like REO Speedwagon. They're living every moment. They're living every day. Nice. Uh, so they go to the arcade. And yeah, can I say one more thing about that scene? Oh, please do. Because one of my favorite things about this scene is that even though they're talking about Matoki the whole time, I don't think they ever actually show his face. Like, it is 100% about them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think that is one of the most telling things. And it made me really happy. I just noticed that in a screen capture of the, the, the shot of them on, on the stage in the spotlight with the cityscape behind them, there's a like an electronic uh, light thing saying their names on the top of a building. It says Isagi oh. <laughs> and Makoto. Uh, their names are in lights because there's no tomorrow for them. What? Okay. Uh, so... <laughs> They go to the game center and they're getting ready to go in and they're going to, I guess they're going to trade off attempts to win Motoki's heart. And so they agree that there's no hard feelings, but Usagi says they should do it in order of height going from shortest to tallest, uh, which causes Makoto to plots and yeah. her foot, which is, which again is my favorite thing. It happens on the show all the time. And then Memoru shows up and in the subtitles, he refers to them as Bunhead and the Giant. Yep. <laughs> Which is mean. In the dub, he calls them Bunhead and Bigfoot, which is cruel. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, it's so she, it's mean. not like she's taller than him. Like, again, she's what, 5'9? Five, 5'10? Five, she's 5'7. Five, 5'7, seven. Five, seven, right, right. So she's two inches shorter than me, and she's a giant. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, like, come on, man. He's, isn't he like six foot five or something? <laughs> sure, surely not. Surely not. I mean, look, I have I have my copy of the, uh, of the Guardians of Order. Sailor Moon role playing and resource book. That will tell here. us how tall, is, tall he is. Let's I, I look can it up. look it up if we yep. need to. Let's do I, it. I, I, let's do okay. it. Let's see how All tall right. he is to be calling someone five seven a giant. All right. Let's let's see. Let's let's find out. Give me a second here. No problem. I I just uh, I don't think this is right. I want justice. Oh no, it's not right at all. It's totally <laughs> mean. Uh, let's see. Um, there's a height. There's a character size chart in which he is you know a few inches taller than than Sailor Jupiter. I want the numbers, uh, digits, come on. Okay, jeepers. <laughs> jeepers, creepers, bro. I'm excited about you having to cut all of this out. I'm not. It's staying in. It's you can't in these long pauses. <laughs> oh, well, the pauses, no. But all the parts where I'm berating you for not going fast enough. Okay, here, here we go. Serious case. And then you turn around and get on Memoru's case for berating other people. <laughs> 
No, really, that's him. I'm fine with Memoru. <laughs> all right, all right. Look, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure Memoru will come to regret these statements. Uh, Sailor Moon is four eleven. Uh, Sailor Mercury is five two. Oh. Sailor Mars is five three. Sailor Jupiter five se- five six only in oh. here. I thought she was five seven. What? So five foot six. <laughs> Five seven with uh, a ponytail. Sailor I Venus am- is five feet even. Tuxedo Mask is six two. Six two. He is eight inches taller than Makoto. And she's a giant. All right. Uh, also, uh, according to this, his birthday is August third, nineteen seventy four. Yep. He is. So uh, in nineteen ninety two, he would have been eighteen. Uh. Okay. All right. Sure. Favorite color? Black, of course. Uh, favorite school subject? Physics. Least favorite school subject? None. Oh come on! Oh, you're lying. <laughs> You're lying, cool. Darian. Darian Shields. Uh, just just to round it out, uh, Sailor Uranus is uh, 5'8". Sailor Neptune is 5'4". Whoa, whoa, whoa. Sailor Uranus is two inches taller than Sailor Jupiter? That's what it says. Holy crud. I think... What were you going to say? I don't... Sorry, I'm in the middle of a crisis because I always thought Sailor Jupiter was like way taller than me and she is my height. Um, it's just that I all the other scouts that... are way tiny. I know. And so now I'm trying to like adjust. This is... This is... <laughs> changing my whole worldview and <laughs> my life has been a lie and so I need you to just give me a minute. <laughs> yeah, um, it turns out you could have been beating people up on the street as well just like she does. What do you, what do you mean could have been? Oh so then you're fine. You've been living the Jupiter life. Yeah pretty much. Um, uh, but like what were you gonna say Chris? I was just gonna say uh, for the record it does not list the heights of any of the villains unfortunately. Hmm. We'll just have to eyeball them. Well but like it makes sense that Uranus is bigger than Jupiter. Like, taller. Because she dresses as a guy all the time? No, she's just... I mean, that's who Jupiter looks up to. She's, like, her idol. Yeah, I mean, like, I always figured... She does? Uh, I didn't... Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She thinks she's, like, the coolest. The, Unless I'm misremembering or just wrong, which apparently can happen. No, I say this as someone who never actually watched any of those episodes because, you know, they, they never made it to Toonami when I was in high school. But, like, I always assumed that the outer senshi were all older and, and you know, taller. Mm-hmm. They're definitely uh, except, older. Well, with the exception of Taylor Saturn, of course. Who is right. a, oh, right. a tiny child. Right. The other ones are older, but I mean, you don't, they're not going to grow that much. Well, you know, whatever. whatever. I mean, Sailor you Moon is not going to get any school. taller, I don't think. Is she? She she could. She's only 14. <laughs> I guess so. No, that's what, that's what happens in Crystal Tokyo is you don't age, but you just get progressively taller. And thinner. Like you become more yeah. like the manga. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, wait, Chris, does it tell you how tall Pluto is? Uh, yes. Hang on. I got to go find it again. <laughs> Oh my gosh. This, our listeners are going to love this height section. Pulse pounding height action. Well, look, we can tell them. We, we I, I have this book because we are eventually going to play this game. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward like, to it. That is, that is something for everyone to look forward to. All right, let's see. Silmar, Jupiter, Venus, Tuxedo Mask, Neptune. Uh, Sailor Saturn is three foot nine. <laughs> uh, Sailor Pluto's five six. What? Same uh, as... Same as Jupiter. Oh my god. And how about Chibi? Uh, they don't list her. They don't list uh, uh, Chibi as well. Oh, well that's fine. <laughs> well, unless, unless she's after the villains, which would make you happy. <laughs> yes. Let's see. Prince Diamond. Oh, there she is. Uh, Rini, aka Chibi as well. Uh, No height listed for Chibi as well. That's fine. But, you know, I, I assume uh, pretty small. So, back to this scene. <laughs> 
the giant and the bunhead. Big, uh, b- bunhead and Bigfoot. Bunhead they, and Bigfoot. Together they fight crime. <laughs> so, so they're obviously, again, they're there. Uh, and I also want to point out, they're there, they put on their most serious faces to do this uh, before they, they go in. They were like, they were doing like, uh, we're about to fight villain eyes uh, for their, we're going to go flirt with this guy. I'm, I'm surprised that we don't get like an in the name of the moon. <laughs> that's true. That's true. It uh, is close. Uh, so, so, so Mamoru comes in and he starts making fun of them. Oh, what are you going to do? Go tell him that you're in love with him. <laughs> you know, he's got a girlfriend and he, he calls her bunhead a bunch and she's like, I don't care. And she falls over because he keeps calling her bunhead. And no, she actually yells at him and says, my name is, uh, my name is Yusaki Tsukino, not bunhead. And he goes, yeah, I know your name, bunhead. Uh, she goes in and instead of, uh, instead of Motoki working, it's Motoki's day off. He's hanging out with his girlfriend. It's, uh, some, some weird hipster. It's, it's Didi Ramon. <laughs> Um, and so, <laughs> I am Maki Ramon. Welcome to the game, Senata. <laughs> and while uh, while she's in there discovering that, uh, Mamoru's out there with uh, with Makoto, and he goes, "You know, right, what does he say?" He's like, "Yeah, he's got a girlfriend. I mean, yeah, she's uh, about to go away for Af- to Africa and everything." So, and <laughs> Makoto freaks out and strangles him, causing his head to become enormous and blue, uh, and is like, "What? Tell me everything about this." pretty amazing yeah which which is great because he did call her bigfoot and now he is getting the consequences of that action mm-hmm. he's getting strangled on the street by a amazingly strong five foot six 14 year old <laughs> and it is here after this far into the episode that we finally see something other than a talking cat that is in any way not just about teenagers in love uh finally we cut to the dark kingdom where they are learning that as i said earlier as i spoiled Matoki's girlfriend has a rainbow crystal within her i believe it is the blue one we are up to the b in the roy g bivs uh we're, clo- we're closing in on the end we are and so uh so malachite uh not named malachite kunzite and zoisite are there looking at this and kunzite goes oh man she's hot <laughs> Or something like that. What a beautiful creature. What a what a amazing creature. And so I sight immediately goes, What? You told me I was the most beautiful thing in the world. How could you say that that the person is prettier than me? And he's like, It's cool, baby. It's cool, baby. Here's here's a rose. <laughs> it is it's such a weird it's such a weird little scene. It is so strange. Did you say she's prettier than me? <laughs> It's so, it's so strange. And yeah, I don't know. Again, so yeah, when they do I, it in the American one, it's just him doing that to a, a, a woman rather than a man. And so they don't have to change anything. It happens exactly that same way. No, I do. I do like this though. Um, because again, you know, I have this, I have this theory that uh, my, my weird little fan theory headcanon about uh, the relationships in the negaverse is that all the relationships in the negaverse that we see are kind of inherently negative, right? Like, so when we see Kunzite and Zoocyte together, like he, he's very like casually dismissive of of Zosite's feelings like he's like oh look at her she's hot uh and and Kunzite is very or uh, uh Zosite's very jealous and possessive and and those are all kind of negative relationship traits and where that falls apart is that it is exactly the same way for the good guys like <laughs> the good guys are weird like are all jealous of each other and trying to break up happy relationships mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so eh, okay what do you think Katie okay so I don't I always kind of felt like Kunzite didn't actually actually wasn't into Zoicide at all yeah. and was just using that as a control tactic and that they both because well so what I was afraid is how much of their like actual personhood remained after they were brainwashed 
but it kind of seems like they're just pretending they're like watching the humans and pretending to do what they do. Interesting. So, I mean, yeah, I'll, I would totally buy. I mean, I, I, we'll have to see how Kunzite slash Malachite reacts when Zoisite dies. I can't quite remember how big of a reaction it gets. We'll have I think to it's keep almost none. Almost none? Well, then there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I would buy that. I mean, you know, he's not he's not very nice, but none of them are. They're all jerks. They're the megaverse. So the next scene involves, uh, speaking of being weird and jealous and possessive, <laughs> Uh, Makoto goes to Reika's school, the Azabu Institute of Technology, uh, which, you know, technology, like where you study bugs and the <laughs> origins of life. Um, and so Reika comes out of school and there's a 14 year old waiting for her that she has seen with her boyfriend going, and you know, if you're leaving the country, <laughs> it's like, this is weird. And so, uh, like a, a, a child confronts a college student about her love choices in a very harsh way. Uh, it's super weird. Um, and, and basically what confusing. happens is super confusing. It's also it really works. like jerky because oh, like totally. she's she's actually there. Like Jupiter's best case scenario, Jupiter's plan here is cool. I'm going to go talk to this guy's girlfriend and convince her to leave the continent so that I can steal her boyfriend. Like, so I'm going to go and be like, are you going to leave the country? And she's going to be like, I don't know. And I'm going to be like, well, you know, it's a really great opportunity for you. And I think you should. And you probably don't want any ties here at home. So probably just break off any relationships you've got. I know you don't really know me, but goodbye. Like, <laughs> like that's what she's thinking will happen. Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, but like, even when she gets carried away, the thing that bothers me about this scene is that when she gets carried away, she's like, oh, you have to commit yourself to your studies or you have to commit yourself to love. But her whole thing is that she wants to be a Sailor Scout and she wants love. So yeah. it seems kind of out of character for her to say that. And then, and you would say, you could think that she was just trying to break them up, but then she catches herself and is like, oh, I meant to break them up. So yeah. it's just so weird that like, that she starts yelling at her <laughs> yes. about, you know, like, you, you can't chase after both of these things. You have to choose one and dedicate yourself. And Rika's just like nodding, like wide-eyed and yeah, terrified. Yeah, this 14-year-old girl is really wise. <laughs> Uh, this is the advice I needed. So after that, there's a scene transition. It's and it's a wipe shaped like a rabbit, which is adorable. <laughs> and uh, we get Usagi and Makoto the next day in super cute outfits. Mm-hmm, uh, uh, Makoto is she she makes pleated pants work, which is amazing. Um, Very high waisted pleated pants as well. Literally dressed exactly like my grandmother. <laughs> Well, I mean, when you're five foot six and basically a spaghetti person, you can wear whatever you want. Uh, Usagi is in, uh, she looks like she's going to ballet practice, uh, but with white cowboy boots. Uh, and they have a bag of groceries and they are going to cook for, uh, for Motoki. And Usagi is just fantasizing about being in his apartment, which is represented in her fantasy by a background of rainbows and flowers. And in her fantasy, he's like, Usagi, welcome to my apartment. Will you be my bride? (laughs) That's right. Oh, because she looks so cute in an apron, is what he says. Uh, and then she, uh, she, in her fantasy, she's about to kiss uh, Matoki, and then comes out of her fantasy, and she is about to kiss uh, Makoto. <gasps> no! Uh, and Makoto is like, what? Like, again, the, you should watch this episode. Even if you're the, the type of person who doesn't watch the show and only listens to our show, this is one that is well worth watching because the visuals are so fantastic. It's true. Uh, and uh, Makoto is a little embarrassed by the kiss. Uh, by, by the almost kiss and uh, 
Uh, they end up heading to the apartment. Usagi is so impressed that the, it's so clean because she knows good guys <laughs> keep a clean house, and which cheeses uh, Makoto off. And then Usagi does. I think this is the weirdest thing in this episode. <laughs> oh, let's hear it. And we have we have seen so many weird behaviors in this episode, like like Makoto going to Reika's school to tell her to go to Africa so he she will be out of the picture. Like that's weird, but that's weird in a way like that would never happen. This is weird in a way that I can see this happening, and it's that uh, Usagi goes and picks up an unfinished cup of coffee and oh, starts yeah. sniffing it to inhale Motoki's scent. Yeah, yeah. It is so weird. The weirdest part of that, actually, is that it's not like... If if, if Matoki and Makoto were like, I'll show you this thing in the other room, and then she did that, it'd be like, okay, that's weird, but sure. She just does it in front of everybody. <laughs> she just walks into his house. As far as we know, he's right there looking at her going, oh, okay, you've just uh, picked up my cup and smelled it. Yeah, like, it's... <laughs> It's really weird in a way that, in a way that I think is like completely in character. <laughs> like I have no trouble imagining Usagi doing this, you know. Like it's just like a super like, and that makes it even weirder. Like the, I can completely buy it. In the dub, they turned it into her going that this is a oh this is the cup I bought him for Christmas or for his birthday or something. Uh, I wonder if he thinks of me when he's drinking from it. And then he goes, "Hey, that's my favorite." Uh, and she's like, "Oh, yeah. so that's sweet." That's really sweet but i liked it better the other way <laughs> you like you like where she's just smelling his things yep yeah so uh they go into the kitchen and they like uh makoto's like okay you peel the carrots and he's wait like, you skipped the best part oh, oh the best what, part oh, what, what did i skip the best part when he is like oh usagi and she's like i'm not emotionally ready oh right she's thinking back to them getting married <laughs> and he's like oh she thinks yeah. he's about to you propose prepare for cooking <laughs> That I lost it at that part. <laughs> I forgot about that bit. Oh, uh, it was pretty good. It's pretty good. Um, in her defense, she did actually bring an apron, and it is pretty cute. So there. You go. Uh, so right in the kitchen, Makoto's like, "Okay, peel the carrots," and he's like, "Like, oh, eh, peel the carrots." <laughs> she's like, "Okay, chop the onions." And she's like, "Yeah, it makes me cry." And she's like, "Cook the rice." She's like, "I don't know how to go cry." <laughs> And it makes Matoki or Makoto so mad that she crushes a carrot in her hand. A carrot explodes when a she squeezes carrot, it. From, an yes, carrot. a raw carrot. And uh, then she just bashes Usagi on top of the head. Oh, uh, that's pretty great. Um, so yeah. So 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 she goes about cooking the rice when Matoki gets a phone call and they grow giant ears so that they can listen in on this conversation. <laughs> It's, uh, oh, yeah. it's a very it's it's very 1992 because uh, it is a phone call from a phone booth to a landline. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> There's a cord on the phone and everything, and it's uh, it's of course it's his girlfriend's, and she calls to say, <laughs> she calls to say. I've decided uh, what I'm doing, uh, so uh, come out and meet me. Uh, was it in? The, was it in? The, I can't remember whether it was the sub or the dub. Where she's like, "I've decided what I'm going to do." It's and then like he's like, "What? I didn't. I didn't hear what you said." And she's like, "I've decided what I'm going to do. Come out. I'll tell you." Which was it's that definitely in the, in the sub? It was in the sub. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty pretty humorous. I thought so. He leaves and just kind of goes. Uh, sorry, girls. <laughs> I've got to go meet my girlfriend. I know you're cooking us dinner and also uh, cool, but I'm going. Bye. And just leaves these two middle school girls cooking in his apartment. Pretty classy. Right. So then, and Luna, <coughs> Luna, as the audience surrogate, has been watching this whole thing go down. And she's just like, I can't believe anything I am seeing. 
Uh, and then she notices that the the uh, the moonstick is reacting to uh, the presence of a rainbow crystal. So uh, the two sailor scouts transform. Oh, Luna and... starts to tries to jump. No, 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 no. Luna. Luna flings herself at a glass door. <laughs> yes, that is important. Don't gloss over that. Okay, smacks into it. But you're right. They do transform. And uh, what's funny is then we cut to we cut to Matoki and 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 Reka uh, being attacked by Zoisite. And again, in keeping with the this episode's not really about that. <laughs> Yeah, like shit's just exploding. Yeah, they they they've already been fighting for a while. They're surrounded in fire. There's explosions. Zoisite is floating. That wasn't what it was about. So we didn't look at that. We were too yeah. busy watching them cook. Uh, Motoki again. Motoki's great. Motoki's so great. Like Motoki tries to punch Zoisite in the face. <laughs> I thought that was very un Motoki like. I mean, it's 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 like him to defend a woman, but like that his reaction was just like uh, screaming and throwing a fist. Like it was much what, harsher what, what, than I expected him. What is pardon, he gonna do? Pardon me, he would say. Like, what is he supposed to like offer Zosite encouragement while he plays a video game? <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. I'm sure we can work wait, this out. So What's this crystal you'd like? Does he does he also try and throw a punch when Zosite's a woman? Oh yeah. I mean he fails, so oh. they're fine with that. Well, yeah, but I mean that seems I can see him trying to punch a dude who's trying to mess with his girl, like even a dude that pretty like that. <sighs> <laughs> I have I have I have very negative feelings about Zoosite and his supposed beauty, so I'm not gonna answer that. <laughs> oh. Wait, 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 wait. Do you not maybe we should save this for next episode? Do you not think Zoosite is beautiful? <laughs> Why would have we you save seen it for how next sharp episode? his chin is? Yeah. I Why would we save I it for this am... next episode? Because this episode's already four hours long. Oh sure, okay. Oh, <laughs> Okay, no, no, go ahead. No, no, please. Just let's do it. We're almost done. No, I I really don't think that Zillicite is beautiful at all. And because I'm a Kunzite person and like a Nephrite person. And they're all like, they have the long hair, but they have like the cut jawlines. They're like manly guys. And Zillicite's just whiny. <laughs> That's true. Also reminds whiny. me of an ex that I have. Well, that'll do it. No. It reminds me of this boy that broke my heart. <laughs> <laughs> Did your ex also fly and make things explode? Uh, Lots of fireballs. Yes. Wow. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. It was a very dramatic relationship. So the Sailor Scouts show up and they say the most amazing thing that has ever been said. Let's hear it. That will be the title of this episode. Uh-oh. Let's hear it. We're 10,000 volts of heartbreak power looking for boyfriends. <laughs> I, should, I should write that down. Oh, man. So great. So great. (laughs) 10,000 volts of heartbreak power looking for a boyfriend. Uh, But then we see the monster. Right. And I love this monster. Like... It, it's probably the uh, of the rainbow crystal monsters that we've seen it is the least distinctive right because like you know uh, game sen had the the game parts you know had the crane arm uh the, the one monster had the, all the math stuff i forget what, what that one's name was you know the, the, the kid who had a crush on amy yeah uh bakshi obviously bakshi. <laughs> Obviously, the boxing angel. Uh, this monster like doesn't really have anything. No theme to her look, but her. She kind of does, but not if you think of Rick as an entomologist. Well, definitely. She not has the like. She has like the armband and the earrings that are like vaguely tribal, and the monocle that I think of as like some dude with his in a safari in Africa with like a monocle. 
Interesting. Because her attacks so are I definitely see, science attacks. Yeah, but I can see her as like a Africa interested science themed person. In that's, a black in a black one piece uh, swimsuit. <laughs> yeah. Well, we should say uh, she is uh, a green skinned supermodel. Sure. With a uh, pink and yellow undercut with her head fully shaved on the side. Mm-hmm. Uh, a strapless black swimsuit, gold armbands, thigh high pink boots, and a monocle with like golden things dangling from it. And here's the thing about monocle. If you're not watching the episode and you're picturing a monocle, you're not even close. Uh, it's a giant monocle. Yeah, it's huge. It's an enormous monocle. Because like a monocle, you like hold with your face. There's no way to hold this thing with her face. This is yeah, magic. It's just, just kind of there. <laughs> but like, she looks so cool. Oh, it's a cool looking look. Like, it's a really, really cool look. Like, I like, and, it, and the weird thing is like, it looks better now. Like, I, I'm sure it just looked weird in 1992, but like in 2015, it's like, yeah, this this looks awesome. (laughs) It is a design that weirdly, I I don't know if it holds up so much as like, this is all stuff that is like cool now, you know? So, Uh, so so what happens? Oh, go ahead. Responds to, uh, we're 10,000 volts of heartbreak power looking for a boyfriend. She goes, girls without boyfriends. Pathetic. (laughs) So she still considers him her boyfriend. The monster is like, I got a boyfriend. He works at a game center, but he's going to be a surgeon. Is that, is that, is that what's going on? I guess so. So meanwhile, while the scouts are fighting, uh, we should mention, while the scouts are fighting uh, the monster, Zoysite has the crystal and is like, great, I've got the crystal. I'm going to be leaving any second now. I will leave and then I will have the crystal and I will have left and I will have, be at home where the crystal I will have. And then Tuxedo Mask <laughs> knocks the crystal out of her hands and goes, I'm going to take the crystal. And so then they have to fight. So there's two fights going on at once. So back in the monster fight, the monster does the monster's first attack, which I, I so I don't understand what happens here. The monster throws <laughs> paramecium's at at Sailor Moon. They like crit like capsules of them, I guess, that like break at her feet and paramecium's come out and grow and start like holding her feet. And By she's, the way, the word that you are thinking of is paramecia. Oh, I'm sorry, paramecia. Sure. I, I apologize. One celled organisms. And so uh they're grabbing <laughs> They're grabbing her feet. And again, I, I don't know what they're doing to her or what, in what capacity this is bad, but, but it's freaking her out. That's for sure. So then Jupiter, just kind of just kind of hanging on. <laughs> yeah, they're just like touching her. I mean, listen, that's gross looking. I, mean, I would yeah, be freaked it's mega out. Gross. <laughs> Um, so Jupiter does Jupiter Thunder, and then they're just gone. Well, uh, Reka, what, what, what is Reka's monster name? Because it's... I actually don't know. It's But, but it's something very much like Reka. Uh, but yeah, like, she she says when she does this attack, with, with she's like, yeah, one-celled organisms are the origin of all life. Oh, here it is. Rik, Rika, Riku Kedar. Rik, Riku Kedar. R-I-K-O-U-K-E-D-A-R. I just want you to try and read that word for an hour. Fudge Sunday. No, I'm done. Wait, wait. Can you type it in the chat? Yes, absolutely. Does she have a name in the uh, American version, in the, the Deke dub? Not that I heard. Uh, but the thing that I just looked up the name also says what the name means. So okay. I can actually explain it to you if you like. Uh, Please do. It is a pun on the Japanese term Riko, which means intelligence. Okay, so she's just a smart monster. Smarty monster. Smarty monster. <laughs> Smarty pants. Smarty no pants. <laughs> yeah, good point. And so... Uh, but yeah, like... 
it's that kind of fits with her being like you know studying the origins of of, of life. Although I kind of assumed she was like more anthropologically than biologically. Uh, like I, I I thought she was. I, I didn't know she was getting into like the evolution of humans from one celled organisms. Yeah, no, that's what she's looking um, for. But it, it like did, now in the the ninety two dub, do they just call those bugs when they come out? What did they? Because call? that would like you could if if you wanted to simplify it, like in the way that they always call rice balls donuts in anime when they dub it like you could like make the connection to her being an entomologist that way if it's all just based on it might they might have said they were bugs the sexy science the sexy monster all i know is i do know that okay well like i said the two things are one is first of all luna to that goes uh what did she say uh oh talk about a one-celled brain one-celled brain uh about sailor moon (laughs) great thank you luna why would she talk shit in the middle of a fight this is a very snarky episode but also like i said I, when I found myself, even though I had literally watched the Japanese dub version less than an hour before, when I watched the, the dub, I, was, I, I saw those and I went, wait, how does she get out of this? <laughs> because the answer is, they just go away. They just, they just disappear. Jupiter does her attack. And then, and the monster, by the way, responds with the best, the best thing ever, which is Big Flask, which is my yeah, she favorite She pulls out power. a giant Erlenmeyer flask <laughs> big and like flask. starts blasting lightning out of it. Catches lightning great. in it. And then, yeah, she spanks the back of it and it shoots lightning back out. Uh, awesome. But for some reason, when she, when that happens, the, 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 the bugs or the paramecia just go away. So it's like, oh, okay. I guess that was just not that good of a, an attack. Uh, the end. So, uh, you'll be shocked to learn how this, uh, how this ends uh bubble spray the most useful superpower <laughs> of course uh the great thing about it is that uh mercury shows up uses bubble spray and then all the scouts kind of surround uh reika monster reika smarty monster reika uh and amy looks so pissed and she goes treat your test equipment with some respect <laughs> <laughs> i don't remember that Oh, that's so amazing. great. And, and Jupiter goes, stop wasting resources. Oh, my God. Wait, are they referring to Reika's physical body as test equipment? No, no I think they mean the, the flask. The, the big flask. flask oh, the okay, okay, okay. That makes more sense. And then Mars, again, you know, as we have said, this is not an episode about fighting monsters. Mars just like goes, just take her out. Just do your finisher. <laughs> Like she so dismissively waving at her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Moon and healing Mars activation. Nothing, by the way, no fire soul. Oh, no, no, we don't no get evil spirit be gone. No Rin Pyo Zai Zetsu Zen. None of that. Oh. Mars like just take her out. Just do it. So she gets healed and ref- and refreshed. <laughs> Um, and she's fine. Yeah, she's good. So, button on the episode, final scene. Well, wait, wait, wait. We should oh. say that there's... Oh, right. No, the, the, the tuxedo mask part. Yeah, tuxedo mask is fighting Zoocyte, and Zoocyte's like, you've won. I've lost. I'll give you the rainbow crystal. Tuxedo mask like, yeah, all right. <laughs> and uh, goes down to pick it up and gets the, the cherry blossom petals in the face. And then Zoocyte's like, you're an idiot. <laughs> Peace out. Why <laughs> Which is does that work? <laughs> I don't understand. Why does that work? I don't even mean why does that work. Like, uh, yeah, no, I mean everything about why does that work. He bends down to pick it up and then she just has it. He just, ha- either way, you know what I'm saying. Zoisite just has it. And it's like, wait, how did Zoisite get it? Why did the cherry blossoms, what What happened? What occurred there? And in neither version does it seem to make any sense to me. Yeah, it's, it's bananas. It's like, it doesn't. It's like, he, like, and, and Tuxedo Mask is so happy when he goes to pick it up. He just looks mad. He's like, oh, all right then. 
<laughs> every every one of this episode is an idiot. I love it. Uh, pretty pretty epic. So then to the final scene in which even though even though even though Makoto gave her that amazing advice that you have to pick one thing or the other, and she nodded so so understandingly. Uh, it turns out uh, Reka did not choose one or the other. She's going to Africa and keeping her boyfriend. They're gonna they're gonna write every day. They're gonna keep in touch. They're gonna you know hold hold on to love. Um, and so, so they're at the airport and they're, the thing's going, you know, flight to Tunisia is, uh, yes, I put my hand over my mouth. Flight to Tunisia is leaving. Every second. And so she's like, I gotta go. I gotta go. Uh, guess what? <laughs> Isagi and Makoto are also at the airport. Did, did they go, hey, we'll ride with you? Or are they stalking them or what? I don't know. But they're also at the Good airport Lord. watching this happen. <laughs> They know their way around the airport because this is, after all, where they where they put an end to Jedi. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. I like that there is a plane in the background of the scene that is leaving the ground at a 45 degree angle <laughs> yes. directly outside the terminal, yes. like super slow. Yes. It is giving me so much anxiety to watch. <laughs> <laughs> it's so freaky. So Yusagi's crying over the fact that because it's so emotional of a scene. Uh, and then the girls go, but yay, now we can steal him. <laughs> The end. I mean, I'm pretty impressed that she got a direct flight from Tokyo to Nairobi, personally. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. It's pretty good. Oh, man. So so that's that episode. That's the the, 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 the love rectangle. There were too many girlfriends in that episode. Too many the, girlfriends. I mean, there, there wasn't. There was only one. Oh, right. There was only one girlfriend. One too many. For the for Usagi, it, it wasn't even a messy love rectangle. It was a it was a line <laughs> that had two other points outside of it. <laughs> Looking longingly at the line, if only. So I think we could learn a lot from that episode about life, about love, about sniffing coffee and making Hayashi rice. But Jordan, do you have the Sailor Moon says from this episode queued up? Sure, I do. For Lita, it was really a blow finding out Andrew had a girlfriend. Life's full of blows, but the trick is knowing how to get over them. Yeah, it really helped talking to my friends, but the best help can come from counselors or, believe it or not, your parents. Talking always helps me, but lots of kids get depressed and clam up. They feel like there's no one who can possibly understand them. If you're feeling that way, please reach out for help. Don't try to solve it alone. Sailor Moon says... Okay, useful advice... Life's not full really, of blows, though. Not really relevant to this episode. Well, Lena was in a crippling depression for most of the episode. Did you not notice? <laughs> I, I did not notice that. Oh. She kept it bottled up. I guess so. I guess she kept it bottled up until it turned into lightning that she shot at a monster. <laughs> I mean, like, look, that is very good advice. Yes, it, that was a really nice message that is just generally good to know. Yeah, but, like, that has nothing to do with, like, hey, like, I mean, I would think the episode moral would be, like, hey, don't try and break people up. That's a mean thing to do. But nobody learned that lesson. Nobody learned that lesson. <laughs> nobody learned that at all. They are still trying to break them up. So what did we learn from this episode? Uh, now it's time for Sailor Business Says. And Katie, we will start with you. What did you learn uh, from this episode of Sailor Moon? I learned that if you want something, you take it. <laughs> yeah, see, that's what this teaches you. There's no tomorrow. All right. Fair enough. 10,000 volts of heartbreak power in the third chair this week. Jordan, what did you learn? I learned I learned how easy it is to catch lightning in a bottle. You just need a big bottle. Big flask. Big flask. And you catch it and spank lightning out at people. <laughs> I learned that if you truly want to know uh, if you are romantically compatible with someone, if you truly want to to really feel those feelings, just find a half-empty cup of coffee and just sniff it. <laughs> Inhale that scent of your love. 
Because there's nothing that will inspire more romance than old coffee. <laughs> Chris, I, you know, I know we, we don't normally disagree with each other's lessons, but you're misguided because she doesn't end up with that guy. Yeah, but those feelings are still real. Okay, that's true. Fair enough. You win. And that brings us to the end of uh, this episode. <laughs> like I said, like really, really good one. Lots of say. fun. Like, so good. So fun. Uh, and this is like, for me, this is what uh, the Sailor Moon animated series is all about. Like, I, 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 I like the manga, but as I've said before, like the, the manga is my least favorite uh, iteration of Sailor Moon precisely because the anime has this like it has these episodes that you know they, they have a lot of character to them and they're also just really fun like th- this episode barely has anything to do with the Dark Kingdom with the ongoing plot just like there's a uh, you know the, the, they show like there is incidentally a rainbow crystal involved uh, and it's still like super super fun so I, I would say highly recommend this episode uh, pr- probably like more than anything else we've we've watched uh just for the pure fun of it and, and seeing the characters come through uh it's fun to get a spotlight on jupiter it's fun to get a spotlight on jupiter interacting with uh with yusagi yep because and kind of showing how much alike they are in a lot of ways like even though you know jupiter's first appearance is about how different they are from each other uh and this one's kind of about how how similar they are and and how they they approach their problems so that's really nice to see uh, uh katie thoughts on the episode um i don't know i just i don't know I really like this episode, but I don't have anything like intelligent to say. Oh, <laughs> anything from the heart? I Listen, just I, what talking about this episode with a with your parents or even a podcast could be really helpful for you. Oh, you're making me very uncomfortable right now. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Katie. I, I'll tell you what. I feel like this. I feel like this whole episode is really authentic to the like early teenage girl mm-hmm. and watching it originally, it all made complete sense to me. I was like, oh yeah, it's how they should be handling this. I'm looking back, <laughs> it's just like funny because I'm just like, oh, yep, that's probably not right, but sure. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I definitely agree with you, Chris, that this is a great episode. Um, I, and it, what I'll say about that, especially, like I, like we said, it's, it doesn't have Negamoon in it until halfway through. It doesn't have, it barely has any of that plot at all. It's basically the, the exactly what you'd call a filler episode uh, because it doesn't, I mean, it furthers the plot, only the side plot that they've created, which is the Rainbow Crystal plot. But I love it. I mean, that's that's why we love these episodes is because all these quote unquote filler episodes are the ones where we do get to just have fun with these characters in ways we don't have time for in uh, in the, the just the main episode. So it's great. Uh, I, I fully agree. Uh, so that brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you for listening. Next week, we will be watching Grandpa Loses Control, Ray in Danger. Uh, so please join us for that. Katie, you will be back with us again, and that will be awesome. Uh, I am super excited to have you. Uh, but before we go, Katie, where can everybody find you online and maybe see some of those mini comics? Um, I think the easiest place is just on Twitter at Katie Monster, Katie spelled with a C and then I have links to everything from there. Cool. And Jordan? I am on Twitter at Crackshot with a zero for an O. How about you, Chris? Uh, I am on Twitter uh, at the ISB and you can also find the show on Twitter at Sailor Business where you can send us listener questions, fan art for the show, fan art for Sailor Moon, any weird Sailor Moon oddities. Uh, we like to see them all. Uh, so follow at Sailor Business on Twitter. Oh, and, and, and we actually, uh, since the last episode, I, I went out and bought SailorBusiness.com. So you can you can tell your friends, just go to SailorBusiness.com and uh, they'll find the, the, the podcast. That's right. And if you enjoy the show, please do tell your friends. Uh, we would love to have them. And and if you uh, if you know someone who would be a good guest for the show, uh, hit us up at Sailor Business. We, we have heard that the original voice of Sailor Jupiter is on Twitter. We're trying. <laughs> 
Uh, but yeah, so follow us on Sailor Business and be here next week uh, for Grandpa Loses Control, Ray in Danger. Until then, keep your mind on Sailor Business. Sailor.